0: Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. This week on The Clappers, Ford versus Ferrari. Carl walks and talks at the same time.
1: Just like Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) (laughs) And we're talking little women. It's been a long time between drinks. I drink all the time, Carl. Right. I've always got something here.
0: To hydrate my lips H2O. with. H2O. I've got my little bottle here. You've got your glass. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's really important at this time of year to stay hydrated. Thanks for the health warning. It's the party season. Yep. So because you'll be drinking a lot more alcohol than usual. Do not sp- photocopy your bottom. Especially in light of the new recommendations to only have 10 drinks a week. Have you heard about this? Yes. Can you have them all on the same day? You can have them all at once. <laughs> Just go up to the bar and say, "I'll have a dick supple." I'll have a I'll have a dick supple. <laughs> <laughs> it, one dick supple, uh, it, if it is still
1: supple after ten <laughs> drinks, I'll be very, very impressed.
0: So uh, they made a map, you know, of the the drunkest people in Australia. Okay, was I on it? N- number one, <laughs> guess which? I mean, you must know the, the number one location for remember. drinking in Australia uh, and Brisbane. excessive. Darwin. Now you were closer with your first one. Byron Bay. Byron Bay, oh, yeah. Yeah. Byron Bay, the most drinks drunk by people per capita, et cetera. From number two to eight, all WA. Wow. Which I I know a couple of people from WA, they're unsurprised by this. Um, Mm. But, yeah, it's an interesting map and and they're now saying that it's no longer two standard drinks a day. It's like ten a week. That's it. Yeah. And you can have them all at once or you can space them out, I, I <laughs> like actually, 15, 15 minutes at a time. I'm
1: fairly sure that the
0: advice yeah. is not to have them all at mm-hmm. once. I think but. that would be the advice too. I, I'm, I would never give people advice on how to drink. I'd advise them on what they should or shouldn't drink, but yeah. not how to do it. No. Let's talk about Ford versus Ferrari. My
1: vote's Ferrari. A great film.
0: Great. I loved it. I was exhilarated from the very start. I'm not surprised. Exhilarated. Well, was that, it just the beautiful cars? It was, it was the double declutching the, no synchro. <laughs> it was just beautiful. And of course, of course, the beautiful. When when uh, the uh, a Ford execs visit Ferrari with the vain um, imagined hope that they are going to uh, buy out Ferrari, which was never on the cards. Um, you get to walk through a little little sort of factory room of all these just beautiful Ferraris from the early 1960s, and it just made my mouth water
1: like so nothing else does. Help me, help me. The year in which it opens is 64. I
0: think so. I think we're talking about the 64. That the main. Um, the main Le Mans race that the, the, the film is, is based around, this race, is 1965. 65. He's winning the 1964. I think Carroll Shelby we're talking about. Carroll Shelby, racing car driver who on doctor's orders gave it up because he had a issue with his heart and so was told that if you keep taking those nitroglycerin pills and you keep driving it, 200 miles an hour, something really bad is going to happen. Mm. So he sensibly gave it away and became a, a manufacturer and designer of motor vehicles. And his name is renowned through the world as a designer of a, a car that an almost manufacturer of a car that beat the Ferrari, which is kind of amazing. And that car was what? Well, that was the GT40 mm. that Ford put. The money into so he was building a car called a cobra mm. which was very very popular um and he was hand building them so there's a very funny scene in the film where he's already promised one car to like four or five other people there's that great line hey Steve McQueen, oh I forgot Steve (laughs) McQueen How do you forget Steve McQueen Uh, It's a funny film, it's a really funny film There's a great line in it Which I think I can say having Now that the film has been out for however, maybe six weeks And it's still on at the cinema And I do urge people if they can see it at the cinema To see it at the biggest cinema they can it's a man's film. The film is full of men. There is there, uh, uh, Ken Miles does have a wife who does actually have one or two lines, but his young boy, his son, has far more lines than... Or far more um, presence in the film than she. Ken Miles is from Birmingham, which you wouldn't know by listening to Christian Bale's strange m- mixture of dialects that he uses for Ken Miles's accent. Everyone knows what a Birmingham accent sounds like. It does not sound like Christian Bale in this film. That's oh, a small, that's a, a little, small, a, a cup, little, but only a little, a harsh.
1: small carp. I think there are times when he does sound like he's from Birmingham. I don't think there is any time when he sounds like that ever. There's a couple of times. Okay.
0: His character is irascible, cranky, my type of man. He's rude. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. And he doesn't like people who don't know what they're doing telling him what to do. He is a a great character in this film. And so is Matt Damon's pudgy Carroll Shelby. He does a a great job as well. It's a film that I I don't think it's going to be of that much interest to people who aren't excited by motor cars or motor racing. I don't think – I mean, I I could be wrong. I'm just so subjective in this. I have heard that
1: women have seen this film and really enjoyed it. Okay. All right. uh, Are you suggesting that that women aren't interested in motor racing? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But what I'm mm. saying is, it is an incredibly blokey film. Yeah, right? well, I I mean, I, gave, is, I mean, the way they behave. Yes. I mean, they're sort of like constant beefing with each other and yeah. you know, rolling around in the dirt. F- there there are a
0: couple. There are a couple of fights in this film. Ah. It, it's no quiet man. It's no seven <laughs> brides for seven brothers. But there are a couple of fights in this film. It's
1: true. Well, I think it's a bit quiet, man. <laughs> it's definitely got a bit of that.
0: I won't tell you what happens, but I will tell you that every, just about every racing car driver. Walt Hansgren, um, Denny Hume, uh, Bruce McLaren, and I've I've just d- got to make I've got do, to do. You be- really
1: need to rattle off their names.
0: I am, I do, uh, and yeah. there's one more I want to rattle off. One more Italian racing car driver's name: Lorenzo Bandini, who he is chasing. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. remember. Yeah they all die in their cars within the next year or so. Denny really? Hume made it until 1992 at the uh, Bathurst what was the Bathurst 500 the Hardy Ferrodo, 1992. He had a heart attack and pulled this car over. Who just, did this? Um, Denny Hume, Right. Denny, he's from New Zealand. He yeah, was yeah. his he was his co-driver who was having a sleep. Remember at some point in the film um yeah. So he they uh, uh, motor racing was a very 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 dangerous mm. was, m- was m- maybe no more dangerous sporting activity than motor racing all these men died in being burned up in their cars and it it's 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 a a a a Tragic hazard of that that kind of life. They te- a lot of it. They're testing cars, and because they're testing them, they're not fully yeah. you know realised. And they start to at high speeds, the panels start to come off, and then the the aerodynamics changes, and the car gets forced into the ground, and then flips in the air. There was no roll bar, and there was no cage that you see. It's very yeah, common right. in 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 cars now that you see. If you watch uh, the BBC documentary. Cobra Ferrari Wars, which is available on YouTube and is very, very interesting. Um, I think Roy Salvatore is, is a living um, uh, racing car driver who raced with um, these guys. You see footage from the races of the 30s 40s and 50s it is shocking how da- these men are just thrown into the air there's no seatbelt they're from almost from their waist is is above the body of the car mm-hmm. and and it is frightening but there's, there's a lovely scene where you see carol Shelby winning the the Le Mans, and his car is being pushed as it as it is into the into the place where you get your trophy and everything and you can see jack brabham and sterling moss trying to like jump up onto the car and you know rub themselves in a little bit of the glory and, and everybody's really happy for them and it's it's um, a lovely, lovely documentary. If you're interested, if you watch Ford versus Ferrari, and you want to, because some of the things that happen in this film aren't exactly true, I'm going to tell you, you can watch uh, Cobra versus Ferrari, uh, the BBC doco on. YouTube, I won't recommend the Netflix documentary Shelby at all. I could only watch five minutes of it. It was just his sons repeating themselves, talking about what a great man Carroll Shelby was, which is not
1: practically right, right,
0: right. f- 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 that interesting.
1: What I'm really curious about is yeah. how they did the racing scenes because yeah. they're incredible. They are, aren't they? Yeah. They are,
0: yeah. if It, it was John, if, real. If it was John Frankenheimer who made this film, I'd say they were all racing car drivers who right. were all, all really racing and then, you know, yeah. um, have you seen the any of the behind-the-scenes stuff of – uh, what was Ronan no they've got they've got the two main actors in the car doing these incredible driving scenes and then like on a, a strange cage above the car racing car drivers actually driving the car so right. from the roof down Robert de Niro is driving this car right but on this weird Pillion kind of uh, seat high above the roof. So of that's the car. where the actual, actual re- driver is, is really driving the wow. car in and out of the mm. v- lanes. And How awesome! It's incredibly just mind blowing. All these weird structures they put. Is it
1: in up Ronan and where there is a sort of long reversing through the street? Is that yes. Paris? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It's in Paris yeah, and, yeah, and yeah.
0: going backwards and forwards across in the tunnel. Across. Oh, it's that's another very exciting film. The, I just wanted to say one thing that. Um, there's great. There's some great supporting cast in in this film as well, and the actors who play Lee Iacocca, uh, Fritz, the actor who plays the Iacocca, is John great. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, John Benthall. Yeah. And Leo was it Leo Beebe, the the, the the eminence Grease of Ford, the guy who's really like the the, the villain yeah. of the picture. He's he's also great. The yeah. actor who plays him. The, there's a great scene when Enzo um, Ferrari is talking to the Ford guys, you know, laughing down his sleeve at them, and he says to he says to them, he's not even Henry Ford. He's Henry Ford the <laughs> Second. I thought that was just about the best put down you could make of any
1: A pale imitation. Any
0: yeah, pale sky on, you know, some Dauphin <laughs> who has nothing to offer other than his hereditary privilege. It was uh, it's a great film. And it's Josh Lucas who plays Josh Luke. Lucas.
1: And I, I would just like to say that I think the uh, what's really interesting about mm. it is that the notion that the title would give you to believe that it's about the war between Ford and Ferrari. Mm-hmm. It's only incidentally that it's oh, yes. really yes. about the, these two individuals, mm-hmm. Carroll Shelby and, and Ken Miles, versus the bureaucracy that is yeah. Ford. Yes. Yeah, it is stultifying bureaucracy mm. and, that is not willing to take risks, not no. willing to back innovation. Mm. That is just about turning out the same product over yeah, and over again. Exactly, and it's it's. Really w- I'm
0: wanting to buy innovations, different. saying we, yeah. we we'll, we'll buy Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, we don't have to worry about doing anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's uh, I, I cannot wait to watch this film again. I haven't felt like this about a film. Well, I've been watching The King again because I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I really enjoy it so much. It's 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 wrong in so many ways, and this has got some mistakes in it too. Um, but only a, a, an egghead who knows everything will bore you with the the different um, errors that are in this film, and I won't do that.
1: I was going to say, how long do you need? (laughs) I
0: won't do that. I did that about The King, but I won't do that about this. They're both excellent and enjoyable films full of men being men. So if you like men, (laughs) you'll like this film. Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. What did he say? He said Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And uh, he calls you fat, sir. We're going
1: to bury Ferrari at Le Mans. So the great Harold Shelby is gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them you needed? Two or three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a film that is about women being women. Great. Little Women and Greta Gerwig. This again. is Greta Gerwig's. Yes, yes, again. again, yes. I don't mean you again. I mean they've made yeah, it no, again. I, I know you didn't mean me again. <laughs> I haven't turned up again in a frock. I'm, I'm <laughs> just going to talk about Greta Gerwig's take Great. on. Great, okay. On, uh, she drinks. She wrote and directed okay. it. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't act in it. Mm. Um, she, It's, it's really a, a pretty great film and uh, it has been – it's kind of in the news a little bit. It hasn't opened here yet. It's opening New Year's Day. Yeah. And – it's already getting a bit of attention though, because mm-hmm. the Golden Globe nominations recently came out, mm-hmm. and Little Women was not entirely, but largely overlooked. Mm-hmm. It's been nominated for, I think, soundtrack, and uh, Sesha Ronan has been nominated. Uh, she plays the lead character, Jo March. Well, oh, I just wanted to check. This is the Louisa May Olcott yeah, book that is. we're yeah, talking about, Little yeah. Women. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which has been adapted for the screen several times. Most, yeah. uh, I think, most famously and recently was Gillian Armstrong's version. In Ninety-five with okay. Winona Ryder and Claire Danes, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Christian Bale, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay, um, and this is this is just a gorgeous film that uh, has got this lovely framing device in mm-hmm. which it's sort of about the struggle of of um, Joe March slash the Alcott, well, like, you know, the author mm-hmm. to have her work taken seriously and to have it published, mm-hmm. and it's you could read it as a sort of commentary upon you know the struggles of women generally to be taken seriously by by the establishment particularly the arts establishment and then you get in the real world, you get this parallel where this film is largely overlooked in the mm-hmm. nominations. And there's this sort of di- dialogue going on in the industry at the moment about whether or not it is reflective of the fact there's a whole bunch of male members of the of these voting bodies, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which mm-hmm. is a very small mm-hmm. organisation. Oh, yes. We should not It's lose a very, sight of very this. interesting organisation yeah, the, the Hollywood, Hollywood Foreign, Foreign Press than, Association. Fewer than 100 people, I think. You know? yeah. um, and then you've got the Academy, which has more than 7,000 mm-hmm. members, which is probably getting more towards uh, gender equity these days than it has been in the past, although it still skews old white males. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that they haven't voted yet. That, yeah. So there's no nominations out for the Academy Awards, yet, yep. only for the Golden Globes, right. and then for a couple of the smaller sort of award ceremonies. And and the film has been a little bit snubbed. And so the suggestion is that the men are simply not watching it. It's not that they're watching it and going, "I didn't like it." It's so that they're, just, not they're not watching it. To look at it. They're going, yeah. "Ford versus Ferrari," that I'll watch. "Little yeah. Women," that's for the little women. Yeah, um, yeah, you know. yeah, And so it's it's interesting. And it I, does. I saw Little Women myself as a, and read the book as a. Oh, a, you've as, actually read as, the book as a young right.
0: young. Boy. Boy. As a little man, uh, as a little man, there is a book. Joe's Boys, another book. Little Men. If you're really interested, there's a you know. It's, it's sure. It's no Anne of Green Gables in terms of sagas, but there's there's more than one uh, with the Marches. Um, uh, and and I don't think I would see this film. I ha- I Really? Yeah, because uh, it's just. I feel like I've seen it, and I'm not. Except I think you haven't seen it this way. No, no, no. And any film is going to be an interpretation based on the the, the mores of the day and based on what people want to bring from the novel. Some people talk about this novel as being a novel in two sections. Mm. The first section is the section that young women of today really love Mm -hmm. because it's about these – it's not just either. there's feistiness and this determination to to not be um, – Downtrod or, or not be, 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 have your behavior, you know, circumscribed. Second half of the book uh, is of a more traditional nature when, in in terms of female novelists of the 19th century writing about domestic matters and middle class domestic life. And it can come as quite a disappointment to young women who see this book as something of a heroic yeah. novel. It doesn't. Necessarily turn out that way. It's so the second, the second volume is little no, wives. The I second think. part. Oh, yeah. I was,
1: I was sorry, well, it was actually published like a year or so later. Yeah, but Then yeah. almost immediately reissued with yeah. the two together mm, as, mm. as yeah uh, little wives. And is it Little wives is th- that what it's called? Th- I'm not sure. Something wives. Like I, that I mean. I, look, my
0: memory has been called prodigious, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I can't lay my hand on the volume of which we speak. I can see where it is in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom, but I live many leagues. You can't travel back in time. I I live many leagues from that childhood bedroom, so I I can't lay my hands on that volume. There may be a copy in my household, the household of women that I inhabit. There may be a copy of this book, but right now it's not at my fingertips. Right. But – yeah, I, I can't imagine myself seeing this or any other iteration of, of Little Women and that's no criticism of it at all. I'm just agreeing that, you know, for me that's not necessarily something that I would find that I'd want to see.
1: Well, I think you'd be cheating yourself, to be honest. Um second okay. volume is called Good Wives. Good Wives. Um, and uh, it's. It, I, I think by virtue of the, the framing device, yeah. it and the framing device isn't just like a beginning and end, I think it's mm-hmm. sort of it also... Uh, Colors the way, um, going tells the story. It it's just a. Re- it feels really quite contemporary, and it's and it feels and it's very funny, mm-hmm. and it's really really lively. Is it set now? No, no, no. Uh, no, is no it's no, still no. set. In yeah, eighteen sixty s. Yeah, the Civil War is going on. Yes. And, you know Father marches away fighting for the Union and so on. Um, so it's it's. Uh, you know, it's historical, but it feels mm. it feels like it very very much speaks to um, now issues of today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, th- I and it's you know it's a great cast, great, yeah. great. You know, it looks beautiful. It's it's very very nicely done. Timothy Chalamet is in it. Okay, um, Emma Watson and Florence Pugh, who was uh, Lady Macbeth. Okay, yeah, mm. um, and uh, it's just it's great. Oh, and a young Australian actress, Eliza Scanlon, who plays. The Tragic Beth. Uh, yeah. That's too sad.
0: I, don't want, I can't go through that again. <laughs> How many times have I watched that poor girl die? How many times? At least three times. They made like like in the Hollywood 30s, 40s. They made quite a few then too. Yeah. I must have seen all them on Bill Collins' Golden Years of Hollywood where I get all my knowledge of everything from. Uh, so I can't watch that again. It's too
1: sad. That poor girl. <laughs> it's terrible. I think you've just committed a massive Plot spoiler there, but never mind. Oh, come
0: <laughs> now. My <laughs> goodness me. It is 2019. If you don't know what happens in that book, then shame on you for not reading it as a little boy. This is the fifth film adaptation. Okay. Gillian Armstrong's was 94. That's good. So <laughs> some know-it-all isn't going to come along and correct you now.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just, just This is like I'm playing my get out of jail card. <laughs> I'm working on a
0: novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Every Joe! Second. I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter
1: in the world. That's so you want to, isn't it, Joe? To be a famous writer. Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe.
0: Intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way, At least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. You are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich.
1: I've just been. Hiking. It was where? The Three Capes Track. In? In Tasmania. Okay. Southeastern Tasmania. Mm-hmm. You start off uh, Port Arthur. Okay. And get a, get a boat across. It would be about a 10-minute uh, trip if you went plain, like, straight, you yeah. know, as the crow swims. But we went as the dolphin dawdles. Yes, and, okay. And uh, about an hour and a half. Big pods of dolphins with us oh. swimming alongside the boat. Fantastic. That's awesome. Great, great way to start a hike. Yes. Really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's it's a four day walk, it's forty eight K. It's not super taxing. It's mm. uh, pleasantly challenging. Oh, I imagine it wouldn't be without being, you know, overly so. You stay in cabins, okay. so you have to do oh, that yeah. beforehand. Yep. Great walk. Really great yeah. walk. The cabins are really nice. Was it Costs, terrain? Yeah, lots lots of uh for, for those who are not actually able, able to watch, watch, watch what I'm what doing, you're doing. now, well. yeah. Ups and downs. I'm indicating ascent, descent. Mm, Yeah, is what I'm indicating. Lots of ups and downs. Uh, The longest day was, I think, 19k, and Mm -hmm. that included probably the bulk of that. You could leave the backpack at a sort of drop-off point, okay, and go out to this point and then come back. And oh, okay, that was uh, probably like a two-hour, you know, round trip, maybe a little bit more. And uh, so, yeah, it's. Yeah, it was good. Really mm. good. Really good. Are you actually going somewhere? Are you going from one point? Yeah, it's got the... a loop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you start at one point and you end At another Rest Point
1: Casino. Mm. At Rest Point Casino. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put my backpack on red. (laughs) No, there's none of that. Thank you very much. And and did you
0: dry... This is why you were drying all your own food. Um, Yeah. it was was your your dehydration system. I was having a go... The
1: hydration system worked, the dehydration system... Well, there's a lot of ways of catering for this stuff. Okay, so we brought... uh, I did some dehydrating of fruit and um, some veggies and meals and one one meal and one sort of half meal and then Mm -hmm. added bits to it. And... uh, and then we bought lots of stuff in the supermarket down in Hobart. But then the, the, a couple of the folks in our group organised – well, quite a few of them had dehy- proper, you know, off-the-shelf dehydrated meals. When I okay. say proper – Store-bought. I, what, it, it, that's what I mean. Yes. That's what I mean, yeah. And there is a huge range of, like th- – both in terms of options and yep. people making them and quality. Mm-hmm. Right, I've I've had some of these, Um, I, I won't mention brands. Brand names? Nope. But need- I've had some before and it was like eating cardboard. Yeah, yeah. Really, really unpleasant. Mm. But there's one brand in particular that which is based down there and I will mention this one because it's actually one that those who bought it r- gave a very good rap to. Yep. It's called Gourmet Gear. Gourmet Gear. Yeah. And they, they actually will do, like they'll organise all of your meals for the Three Capes track. Oh. So you go down there you call in and you pick it up and then off you go right That's so great. you don't have to think
0: about it if you're flying from Melbourne I presume you flew from Melbourne yeah, yeah if you're flying from
1: Melbourne I don't I don't think you want to take as little as possible yeah that, But, that, you know once you've packed a backpack it's like mm. you're not taking as little as possible because yeah. you've you've got it packed so whether yeah. if you had all the dehydrated stuff in Melbourne and mm. you put it in your pack that would be fine it wouldn't okay. not make any difference you, you can't take, free, you can't take fresh with stuff your own obviously. work your own dehydrating work <sighs> by
0: comparison with gourmet gear how, how, where do you sit with the gourmet gear?
1: I think uh, 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 my, my good lady wife did uh, made a meal and dehydrated it and I dehydrated a bunch of other stuff. Um, I would say that... Uh, simple things like dehydrating fruit mm-hmm. no problem i'm yep. i've nailed that yep pretty good. good pretty good with that <laughs> okay i would say when it comes to dehydrating like a a meal, meal mm-hmm. you have really got to think about the size of the things that you like the vegetables potato mm-hmm. for instance yep. rehydrated chunks of potato mm-hmm. they good. if they're big they yeah. don't rehydrate properly if oh, they're okay. small they're fine oh, okay. they're fine All right. Right? so yep. you have to you have to kind of think about it conceptually mm. as well as like is this a good meal that i've just made and And and, I'm now about to dehydrate. Mm. It's also when it's rehydrated, what will happen to those? Yes, yes. So it's you know it's an interesting. I would I would certainly not say uh, expertise was was uh, nailed. this. is it the kind of thing you could get better at? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. So more practice needed, basically. Absolutely, more practice needed. Good. Um, But what I was going to say is the gourmet gear people. Right. Goon. There was there was plastic, little, very nice little sort of yeah. plastic Sachets. drinking, you know, <coughs> yep. 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 Um, that you could reuse as a water bottle. Ah, with a, uh, that's or, good. Or, uh, you know. Not a bottle, but you know, a wine-flavoured water wine-flavored bottle. wine-flavoured <laughs> water bottle. So there were a couple of these, and I've got to say. carrot infused water. A Lovely. A little envious. Mm.
0: Taste my hock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mm. I was a little envious, but I was also feeling kind of virtuous. Like, of course drinking. you were I'm feeling virtuous. I'm not of drinking. Of course you were. I don't need that nasty <laughs> alcohol. But boy, was I hanging out for a drink when we got back well, to you would, at the You
0: would, wouldn't you? Whenever you do anything strenuous, like some long hike or you've been camping for a few days and you haven't seen your, your bath or, or your, your selection of magazines that you like to read in the bath and your decanter of whiskey that you keep just on the shelf next to the bath, you miss all that mm. when you're on a big, long hike, mm. so yeah mm.
1: and it was it was um something that you could do at any time of year or is it a, a, a- Tasmania's a bit iffy for hiking in winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, more than a bit iffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can go hiking in winter, but yeah. you have to be basically prepared for so, snow hiking. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. A, a woman I walk with, work with, did um, uh, the the Overland Track. Yes, which is the it's a six day walk mm-hmm. um, from Cradle Mountain to Lake yeah. St Clair. Uh, she did that in mid November okay. and got twenty centimeters of snow.
0: Okay, so you yep. have to. Yep, you have to be really
1: ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did, we did this walk in um, the turn of November, December, okay. and um, it was probably topping out at about 15, 16 degrees most days. Which down is, close to zero overnight, yep. once or twice. Um, there was no, rain, there was wind, there was hail. Yep, it was good. And there was well, sunshine. Well, that's and there that's, was sunshine too. That's, that's what you want. You want all the extremes. I felt that it was worth taking my mm-hmm. gear. Let's say, <laughs> did are your cabins? Very what, civilized, waterproof. You, yeah, yeah, you of know. Course. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So, did you what rating sleeping bag? Did you think?
1: Uh, I had a, a very light sleeping oh, bag. Okay, rated okay. rated down to zero, but comfort at minus uh, comfort at ten, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and then uh, sort of extreme down to minus eleven. That that extreme thing, it's kind of yeah. like you know, I don't really know what that's for because mm-hmm. if you ever were in conditions where it minus was minus at that 11. temperature, mm-hmm. you, I think you'd be. Pretty close to dead. I don't
0: know if your sleeping bag would save you. I think no. you'd have
1: to have all the other Yeah. I think mean, you'd have to have everything you owned on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good. And you might just about make it through the night. Are you allowed to cook? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the cabins have got pots and pans. Oh, and okay, okay. Yeah, it's uh, But you are taking, I mean, it's about what, you, what you're lifting right. and what you're You carrying, want to take in it? as little yep. as you possibly can. Yeah. Right. I mean, j- as a general rule of thumb, when you're mm-hmm. hiking, you don't really want to be carrying a lot if you can manage it. Mm, mm. And, uh, uh, you know, I've learned that the hard way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's definitely better (laughs) to go light. I think everyone has learned that the hard way.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening. You can like us. You can follow us. You can go to our Facebook page. You can listen back to as many of these as you can stand uh, wherever you get your podcasts.